0: Welcome back to Administrative Static. Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchioni with you. And we are joined now by uh, our colleague, Litigation Counsel here at NCLA, Shang Li. And, and Shang has been leading, uh, I would say that Shang has been leading the fight nationally against the lawlessness of the Department of Education's illegal student loan uh, payment uh, you know, antics, including the illegal student loan payment uh, pause, and uh, the particular case where we had a filing this week was the Mackinac Center for Public Policy, the U.S. Department of Education, Secretary Miguel Cardona and Richard Cordray. Uh, Shane, could you start maybe by reminding our uh, listening audience which case this is or what, what exactly this particular case is about?
1: Sure. And thanks for having me. And, and yeah, there's there's quite a few of these uh, student loan forgiveness policies. So, so the audience excuse for getting them confused sometimes. Uh, but this one is the pause, and what happened was uh, at the outset of COVID, Congress put in a six-month pause on student loan repayments and the accrued interest. And when that, six, that six-month statutory pause um, expired in September 2020, uh, the Department of Education, uh, first under Trump and then under Biden, uh, enacted a series of extensions, administrative unilateral extensions of that suspension, that lasted uh, over 35 months. That was that finally ended in um, September 2023.
0: And you don't have an objection to, or Mackinac Center doesn't have an objection to the the statutory part of the pause. It's just the administrative extension of that pause. Is that correct?
1: That's right. And that's that's the basis of our legal objection. Uh, that the, the issue is that only Congress can uh, authorize loan forgiveness. Only Congress can extend taxpayer funds on loan forgiveness, and uh, and no statute authorizes the Department of Education to do it unilaterally.
0: How much money are we talking about here, Shang? Is this, is this just a kind of a minor blip uh, uh, of funding, or is this a pretty significant sum?
1: Well, this, this is actually on the same ballpark as the half trillion dollar uh, nationwide cancellation plan that the Supreme Court axed a few months ago. Uh, the department itself has estimated that just the cancellation of interest, because when you cancel interest, uh, or when interest stops accruing, it's uh, it's like you're canceling the amount of interest uh, that would be accruing every month. And that amounts to about $5 billion a month. After 75 months, I'm sorry, 35 months, you're up to $175 billion. And counting. And on top of that,
0: well, I guess, yeah. I, guess and, and, I guess they've stopped it now as of last, what, they, they stopped, September? Right.
1: They stopped that part, but there's a second part to this, and that is they're counting every month of non-payment during the pause as a monthly payment that you need for student loan, uh, other student loan forgiveness programs, like the income-driven repayment program and the public service loan forgiveness program. And what that means is anybody in those programs uh, will pay into the treasury by 35 months less before they get their loans forgiven so each of them essentially are getting 35 extra months of forgiveness and, and we estimate that just based on kind of back of the envelope calculations to be another uh, about hundred10 uh, 120 billion dollars just by the number of people in that program, the number of months they were forgiven and the average uh, loan payment, average monthly loan payment multiply that together it's about a, it's over a hundred billion dollars.
0: So, so call it north on of top of the already. Yeah, so call it north of, of $300 billion uh, or roughly $300 billion. The Supreme Court already told the Department of Education that a program that was approaching $500 billion was a major question and required congressional action and couldn't be done by administrative fiat. I, it's not my sense that the Supreme Court would look at a $300 billion program and say, oh, well, that's I mean, that's almost, that's half as much as the one that we said was a major question. That one's probably just fine. I don't,
1: I don't think that's how they would look at this. Yeah, and, and in fact, in, the, uh, in that Supreme Court case, uh, Nebraska v. Biden, even the dissent uh, recognized that the suspension was going to be unlawful under the majority's reasoning. Justice Kagan's dissent said, well, it's true that, uh, that this, our decision here was addressing the half trillion dollar program and not the suspension, But under the majority reasoning, she just basically said the half trillion dollar program is just as unlawful. Uh, In fact, maybe more so because at least the half. The the, sorry, the suspension is just as unlawful. Uh, Perhaps more so because it's actually wider. It 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 affects all borrowers and not just borrowers under a certain income threshold.
0: Yeah, well, I hope that means that we'll have a unanimous decision when this case gets back to the Supreme Court.
1: (laughs) I would think so. They're following their own precedent.
0: Absolutely. yeah, I mean I I think justice justice Kagan is is often right about these these things. That it, she's it's almost as though she's uh you know she's it's it's like the uh uh what's the expression John when you you sort of try to argue something to the extreme to show the the absurdity uh, of it but uh, uh but but often when she makes those arguments my reaction is well yeah that's exactly right. That's also illegal. That's also <laughs> that's also a problem. Um Ad absurdum, I guess, is, is maybe the, the, the phrase I'm looking for. But um, but but I'm not even sure in this case that she was trying to make an argument uh, toward absurdity. I think she literally was just saying, well, gosh, if that's the logic, then this other thing uh, is out, too. And uh, and I just I think she's just right about that. So uh, do you think that uh, so, so where does this case stand now? So so um, what was the filing this week about? So, right.
1: So we uh, the government has. Uh, filed a motion to dismiss our case on, on, um, on a document called standing. And we filed our opposition to that um, uh, just this Monday.
0: And so they're saying that, that there's no standing here on the part of the Mackinac center. um, Even though the Mackinac center uh, has several employees who benefit from the public service loan forgiveness program. Why isn't that, why isn't that sufficient for standing from the government's perspective?
1: Right. So I understand that you have to have some sort of, you know, injury to, to, to have standing to sue. And and Mackinac's basis of injury is, as you mentioned, these four employees who are part of the public service loan forgiveness program. And what that is, is uh, if you're a, a borrower and you work for a nonprofit company like the Mackinac Center for a term of 10 years while making monthly payments during those 10 years, you can get your entire loan balance forgiven. And, and in fact, this this program really benefits employers like Mackinac. It gives them a competitive benefit against, say, uh, a for-profit law firm. Uh, and, and interestingly, the Department of Education's own PSLF regulations recognize this. They say PSLF was enacted to uh, encourage followers to work for nonprofits or work for public service employers like Mackinac. And so it, 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 with the promise of you know total debt forgiveness. Now, if, if people are getting uh, their debt forgiven today uh, through interest cancellations and, and A typical law school graduate gets about forty thousand dollars of debt canceled through the pause. Uh, So that's forty thousand dollars. They're not, you know, they're not being incentivized uh, through the PLS program anymore. That's forty thousand reasons to take a for-profit job over. A, uh, over uh, the Mac sector or similar no, uh, public service
0: well and, and, and I think even you know even <laughs> on the ground i don 't know what that looks like, but I do know that if you get your loans forgiven after seven years instead of after ten years, that at the end of that seven year period you 're out of there I mean for some percentage that's of that's, people, not everyone yep. but some percentage of folks and, yeah, and, and
1: that's, that's true too right because again, as mentioned before the, you're getting thirty five months or three years almost of uh, the pause counted towards your service requirement uh, when under the statute, you have to actually be making monthly payments for it to count towards that 10-year requirement. Uh, and so as a result, everyone, you know, everyone who's been working in this situation and for Mackinac, all their employees are getting three, I guess they would have had to, uh, but for the pause, they would have to work for Mackinac or a similar nonprofit for three more years. And now they don't have to, which, which then also, that's another way uh, the pause kind of, uh, eviscerate the incentive for followers to work for nonprofit
0: companies. And create standing for Mackinac Center, I
1: would say. And, and you know, it right. also. Exactly. And it's also a good. It demonstrates that congressional intent here is being is being uh, uh, attacked by the administrative state. They set this up for a purpose and they're now being undermined by an illegal action. It's not even just the absence yeah. of congressional intent. It's actually
0: going against it directly, diametrically That's opposed right. to it. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, no, one of the things yeah, they tried, the go ahead, Shane. For, go
1: ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I mean, so that, that loss of that financial incentive is our argument for the basis of standing. And the Department of Education has argued in their motion to, uh, to dismiss that, uh, that the loss of financial incentive by itself is not. Uh, we think that's wrong. I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, if, if you're a company and uh, you sell some widget and there's a tax credit to that widget, uh, and then the government takes that tax credit away, you as the seller are are going to be harmed, even if the tax credit doesn't necessarily go to you.
0: Sure. The other thing that the government said, which I thought was, I'll say clever. That's a little too favorable an explanation. But they uh, they said, well, wait a minute. But by shortening this this time period from 10 years down to seven years, we've made every you know additional <laughs> week or month that they have left even more valuable. They're even more likely to stick around during that period of time than they were before, which just seems completely backwards to well, me.
1: I, I mean, I mean, going to your justice, taking the of example, close. the rule is you work for one year, and you get $100,000 of loans forgiven. Then, then there's a really strong incentive to work for that one year, right? Right. But that's not what the statute says. The statute is there to incentivize 10 years of service. That's right. You're not, you are not. You know, you're losing, to losing nine years of service if that's a situation, or in this case, three years of service. That The full benefit is 10 years of service, and that's just, uh, you know, un, un, and in fact, the Department of Education, the other problem with it is that argument is that I can the point that borrowers are incentivized by the uh, PSLF, uh, you know, promise of forgiveness.
0: Absolutely, it concedes the point. And, and it's just, uh, uh, I think you're, you're absolutely right. It just, it, it substitutes an administrative Administratively determined set of incentives for the statutorily determined set of incentives, and they don't have the statutory authority to do that, which has been the the crux of the argument that that NCLA has been making uh, from the beginning, and Mackinac Center has been making from the beginning uh, of this litigation. So we have about twenty seconds left, Cheng. What happens now? Where where does this? Uh, what are we waiting for now?
1: So we're now waiting for the department's reply brief, just due at the end of the month, and then our hearing on this motion will be held uh in in the eastern district of michigan uh in uh, on january 24th 2020.
0: fantastic well so the case is mackinac center for public policy the u.s department of education miguel cardona and richard cordray it's in the eastern district of michigan shangley thanks for keeping our audience up to speed on this